the rugby, the footy, the horses, the golf, the ga. Students, whatever you're a fan of, fuel your passion for sport with a little help from Vodafone X. Switch today and never miss a moment with Sky Sports Mobile TV and 20 gigs of 4G data for just 20 euro top up, plus 100 minutes of calls and unlimited tax. Now that's more fuel for more fun. Search Vodafone X now. For full terms, conditions and limitations, including our fair usage policy, see Vodafone.ie. Eleventh Hour Productions present as a special presentation for World Audio Drama Day 2016, The Bricolicus, from a 1932 story by Robert C. Sanderson and adapted for audio by Pete Lutz. I surveyed the gory scene before me, and regretted the big lunch I'd eaten. The bodies of gangland bigwig Nick Lavoli and two other, as yet unidentified Greek gunmen, lay sprawled on a fish-foul waterfront landing, riddled with the bullets of their enemies. Nick Lavoli had been a very bad man, a vicious killer, but I couldn't help feeling sorry for him. For anybody, I suppose who might get blasted with so many slugs of hot lead. Okay, time to go. Hop in the taxi, boys. Spike, you're driving. Okay, Jinx. Where you want me, Jinx? Backseat with me. We got heat? All the heat we'll ever need. Where to, boss? Chestnut Avenue. Our good friend Kyrie is getting married today, but he didn't invite us. Oh, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> Mine too, Dink. But we are bigger men than that, so we are going over to pay our respects to the happy couple. Open up, let us out. This is the place, Jinx. Third time around the block, and it's all right. Nobody in sight but that goofy bird on the corner. Well done, Spike. Keep your motor running. Say, Jinx, I'd swear we seen that guy standing there every time we passed. What's with him, dressed that way? Why should I care? It's a cold day. Why shouldn't he be bundled up? I just don't like how we can't make out his face. I don't like it at all, Jinx. Suppose he's a bull. Maybe Kyrie got tipped off. What if he is? When the time comes, we burn him down like the rest of them. 
Get a grip on yourself, Dink. I'll take care of Kyrie myself. Hand me up the Tommy. Don't go making a mess with that nose candy of yours. Nothing to worry about, Jinx. Nothing to worry about at all. No muss, no fuss. <laughs> Psst, here they come. Boss, there's a little girl with him. I, I don't feel right whacking a kid. Shut up and get ready. Mind walking such a distance, my son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Bride and groom, eh? Kiss me too, Carrie. Kiss me too. Of course, my little one. Come here. Carrie, <laughs> look out! What? Oh! little one. They hurted me, Father. They hurted me. Oh, my child. My child, let me see. Is I hurted bad, Father? In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Get us out of here, Spike. Bass! That goofy bird! He's running after us! And he's gaining! Step on it, Spike! It's to the floor now, boss! My god, Jinx! I can't kill him! I give him the works, he won't die! What? You're nuts. Let me take a whack at him. He's on the running board, Jinx! Why won't he die? Get away from me! You should be dead! Oh, Christ! His throat! Oh God! Oh God, Dink! Oh God! you have no idea who this man was that chased after the taxi? Mm -mm. Whoever he may have been, he must be dead now. But he wasn't found at the wreck of the car. You said he was dressed all in black? Yes, I glimpsed him only for a moment as we came out of the house from the wedding. All in black, and his face was half-covered, as if he had a black muffler wrapped around it. Okay. Jinx Santelli's body wasn't found either, but witnesses reported a man running from the scene that might have been him. Yes. 
The other two men in the car were dead, I think? Yes. Spike Romero, who was probably driving, had his neck broken in the crash. Dink, Dink Malone's throat was torn out. Maybe by a piece of broken glass. Hmm, maybe. No, I don't think so either. I'd like to find that man in black. You, you are glad this happened? The wreck? Well, in a way, yes. I'm only sorry Santelli wasn't among the casualties. People are beginning to call our fair city the Chicago of the West. And the Clarion, for one, isn't proud of the title. Anything in our power to stop racketeering, we do. If you uh, truly wish to find this man in black, watch Angelos here. I fear he will be the next to die. To die? Yes. For more than a month, I have known that a contract was out on me. I hope they spare my wife. Angelos was Kyrie's ally in fighting the so-called restaurant union. Ah. Santelli's racket? Yes. Jinx Santelli created the union, expected every restaurant owner in town to join and pay tribute. Those who did not, wished soon enough they had. Kirie and I refused. Last week, the front of his restaurant was blown in by a bomb. Today, this. <sighs> Kirie was my best friend. He and Irena and I have been friends since childhood. And then, to see them shot down like this, and little Susu, my sister's baby. We Greeks, we came to this country to escape tyranny and find ourselves subjected to a greater one. Is it such that no law may touch a gangster? Only the law of another gang, I guess. Or this man in black who is apparently bulletproof. Do you know, sir, half a dozen witnesses have sworn he took at least a dozen slugs in his chest and was still able to jerk open the car door and jump or fall inside? Besides that, he must have been able to either jump from the car before the crash or walk away from the wreck afterward. Now, Father, what kind of human being can do that? Tell her, Angelos. Miss Hollister. I saw the face of the man in black, plainly. I knew it, for I have seen it many times. It was Nicola Boboli. What? No. Nick Boboli died six weeks ago. He... he was killed. By Santelli's gunman, for selling hooch on Santelli's territory. Isn't it natural that Nick would want to kill Santelli? But... but... Hang it all, he's dead. I saw his body, riddled with bullets after they took him for a ride. I was born in America, but I've heard my father tell of such things back in Greece. Did you ever hear of a Fricalicus? In English, a vampire? Like in Dracula, you mean? But that's impossible. And anyway, vampires are night creatures. Uh, no, the Fricalicus of the Greek islands differ considerably from the Slavic vampire. They are the dead, but still animated bodies of men who have either lived an immoral life, or who were excommunicated, who died a violent death, or who might have been buried in unconsecrated ground. They are possessed of enormous strength, 
and may not be killed by ordinary means. What are you saying? That Nicbololius, now a, a, what do you call it? Precalicus. In life, Nicola was a bad one since boyhood. In my native island of Santorini, there are many tales of the vampire. I do not care to say that these tales are not true. My people believe them, and they are not simply fables told to frighten naughty children. They bury the corpses of wicked men face down in their graves, so if they try to dig their way out, they only dig deeper. If they expect the corpse to reanimate, his head is removed before burial and burned up in a hot fire. You spoke of the throat of one man being ripped out. Vrikalakis, Miss Hollister, are cannibalistic, and unlike the vampires of Eastern Europe, only fire, only fire, may totally destroy them. Well, Centelli's still out there, and I hope this man in black puts him on the spot. Oh gosh, maybe I'm already starting to believe it myself. I think Boboli was there at Kyrie's house because he found out about the contract on Kyrie and me. I knew Santelli would show up. I don't know what to think. Don't know if I believe it was Boboli, but, but I think I'll start going to church again, Father. Just, just to be on the safe side. The instruments of the Lord are many. car crashed. I saw that thing. It ripped down Dink's throat with its teeth. Oh, oh, and it stunk so bad. It stunk of the grave. trickling down that dead thing's chin. Oh. Oh God. I never want to see anything like that again. Where am I? Oh. Oh. Dago Joe's speakeasy across the street. Oh, thank God. I'll be safe inside. My boys will be there. Upstairs. Give me a drink! 
Out the window. A man in black clothes. See if he's in black clothes. Watch for him. Where's Jenkins Spike? Dead. Dead as hell. It was... It was... Spike wrecked the taxi. Killed them both. And that Greek you put on the spot? He's dead too. Him and his new wife and some damn kid. We burned him down. <laughs> damn Greeks. I'll kill them all. Angelo spirit on next. <laughs> Don't look at me that way, you bums. The wreck of that car shook me up, and that ain't no joke. Now let's get down to business. We'll give the spirit on one more chance to kick in. If you don't... Take him for a ride? <laughs> no. If he holds out now, it'll mean he ain't afraid of the works. But there's a way to get to him. We just pick up his wife, see? We don't burn her, just snatch her up. And then let him know what'll happen to her if he don't shell out. Well, that's more like it, boss. Hey, you boys. <laughs> get him on the phone, Ritzy, and put the question to him. The price is now 10 grand. Okay. Jinx, the guy hung up on me. Actually, before that, he said you should go to hell. He said what? Well, that tears it. Ritzy, you and Mick come with me. If possible, we'll grab that broad this afternoon. Let's go. Cheap gold-plated cross. Mr. Santelli, my wife, she don't mean what she say. She just worry about our little girl. She don't mean nothing. Forget it. All of you, forget it. Grazie. Grazie, signore. Let's go. 
I need to stop by my place to clean up, change clothes before we snatch the Spiridon broad. How long the boss been upstairs, Mick? Twenty minutes, maybe. I don't know. He'll be out soon. Yeah. See your whole family geniuses? <laughs> Good one, Mickey. No, what I mean is, we only got a couple minutes to chat. About what? About how goofy he's acting. Something shook him, and he's no good as a boss no more. Ritzy, your mouth is gonna get you killed. Don't you worry about me. When the time is right, I'm gonna burn him down. I ain't worried about you. Just make sure I ain't standing anywhere near you. I'm serious. Are you with me? Shh, here he comes. Alright, let's go. And I ain't in no mood for talking, so both of you keep clammed up. Anybody around on the street? Who's that broad over there? Newspaper reporter. Kip Hollister, I think her name is. She's harmless. Okay. Go get the spirit on Dame Ritzy. Bugs phoned into my place at Angelo's is at his restaurant, so she'll be alone. Give her the usual line. Her husband's heard, you're there to take her to him, like that. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled, Mick, for anybody coming close to the car. Keep your rod handy. What's that reporter doing? She's just reading a paper. Okay. Here they come now. She looks like she's been crying. Ritzy must have given one hell of a sob story. <laughs> huh? What? What's that up the street? I don't see it. Oh, boss! What? No! Ritzy! Leave her! Get in the car, quick! It's him! It's the dead man! The man in black! What? Uh, I could have sworn the street was empty a second ago. Come on, you! Get in the car! Let's take a pot of Mick! <laughs> no, no! He'll follow us! You can't kill him! He won't! He won't die! Boss, that guy, he's getting closer! Get her out! Get her out! Get out! Get out! Get back to your Greek devils! <laughs> Holy Toledo, I knew something was gonna happen today! What a story! I gotta follow Santelli's car! Hey! Hey! Stop! Christ, lady, what are you trying to do? Get killed? Mister, I need your help! I'm Kip Hollister of the Clarion. Can you let me in and can you keep up with that car up ahead? Oh, you bet, Kip. I'm a Clarion subscriber and a fan of your work. Get in. Let's see what this baby could do. Thanks. What's that black shape chasing that car? Uh. Holy snakes. He's not running. He's flying. What kind of man is he? Better you don't know. Just keep driving. Richie. Stop! Ritzy, stop! Don't shoot! You can't kill it! Jinx, now I am convinced. You've gone completely around the bend. Oh no, you don't. <clears throat> Take that, Ritzy. Drop it, Mick. You got nuts, boss! I'll show you who's nuts. <clears throat> Get over closer to Ritzy, Mick. Ah, there. I need more horses. 
Can't you go any faster, you heap? Nick Baboli, he's gaining on me. But how? Gotta keep my eyes on the road, but I can hardly stand to keep him off the rearview mirror. Nick's eyes, they're red, glowing. I need a distraction. What can I do? I know. I've seen it in the movies. So long, Mick. You get what you deserve, you double-crosser. Good God, what is that thing doing to that man who fell? He, it's sniffing the body like a wolf might. Oh, it's ripping out his throat. Try not to look at it, mister. Keep driving. That thing is back after Santali again. He's headed towards the older part of town. My commandeered driver and I followed Jim Santelli into the oldest part of the city. Here, the dilapidated buildings sat warily. The streets were narrower and tougher. But still, Santelli pressed down on the accelerator with greater force. Finally, his front tires struck a concrete abutment and were thrust aside. The car leaped the curb, caroming against a wall and into the street again. One of the tires had blown out and the car swerved madly. Santelli flung himself out of the car door and hit the ground running. Racing between two abandoned buildings, he found a vacant stairway and raced upward. I caught up with him only in time to hear him slam through a door on the third floor and throw the bolt on the other side home. Frantically, I ran around the building trying to discover a secondary ingress. Eventually, I saw the fire escape and climbed to the same floor as the door Santelli had gone through. The glass was gone from the pane, but rusted iron bars remained preventing my entry. Risking all, I stepped onto the ornamental ledge that ran at window height around the circumference of the structure, and painstakingly sidled my way around to the other side, where I hoped I might glimpse Santelli and what he was doing. I'll never forget the sight that met my eyes through that cracked window. Santelli stood in the partial light from streetlight, his arms outstretched in what I thought at first was supplication but realized after a moment that he was using his body to form the shape of a cross. The man in black, known in life as Snig Bawol, known in death as Avricolacus, stood before Santelli, his advance staved by the human cross before him. But Santelli was weakening, his arms were drooping. I glanced over to the door Jinx had gone through. It was still bolted. The vampire, I thought, must be able to pass through solid objects. I heard Santelli's voice faintly through the glass. Oh, God! They wanted to live, too! I'm not entirely certain, but perhaps Santelli was referring to the young couple and the little girl whom he had murdered that very morning. One of his arms fell involuntarily, and the monster took one step closer. Jinx forced the fallen arm back up, into the crucifix shape. I was able to see both figures in profile. The vampire's mouth was working. He wasn't speaking. I don't know if he was able to. He was only clacking his sharp teeth together. Champ, champ, champ. I recalled with ghastly horror the sight of this black-clad creature ripping out the throat of Santelli's man on the street. Alistair, help me, save me. 
Santelli has spied me through the dirty cracked window, and his frantic voice pleaded with me for aid. After the life he had led, the hundreds of cruel acts, the lives he had taken, I felt he'd more than earned his fate. But remorse for this thought overtook me, and the image of Father Mitra swam before me. Who was I to judge another? And then his words, the priest's words, made themselves plain in my mind. Only fire may totally destroy them. Santelli, can you make a fire? Do you have anything? Matches? A lighter! You need to make a fire! Lighter! Best pocket! Try to reach! The Vricolicas recoiled in fear from Santelli's small flame, which he held out at arm's length, in his continued attempt to maintain a cross formation. After a few minutes, I heard Santelli yelp in pain, and the lighter fell out of his hand. I think it must have fallen on a pile of old newspapers or something equally combustible. But I hardly noticed as the little tongues of flame reached out to lick at the brittle, dry woodwork. Face upward, lifeless eyes glaring madly, the body of Jinx and Tully lay sprawled, and over it bent a black shape that gnawed and worried and tore. Champing jaws dripped blood. Finally, dizzy and sick, I crept back to the fire escape into the firm earth. And long before the first fire engine screamed and thundered into sight, Leaping flames were roaring through the roof. Yeah? Kid, you need to come out and see something. What is it? I... Just come take a look. What's all the commotion? Will you nincompoops shut that window and get back to your typewriters? Chief. Kelsey was coming back from the football game and found something outside, on the sidewalk. So he found what? A lucky penny? What am I running here, a coin collector's convention? Oh, Kelsey better be sober. No, boss, it ain't like that. Kip, you better get to the window. No. No. Hey, Kelsey! You better not be drunk. What'd you find down there? Chief, I don't know what I'm looking at. This guy's all tore up like a bear was at him. A bear? Well, who is it? Is it one of our guys? <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't tell. He ain't got... He ain't got no face. Okay, kid. Let the cops take care of it. Everybody, go on. Go back to what you were doing. I gotta get out of here, Chief. I finished my story. Oh, Jimmy, grab my copy. Last page is still in the machine. You got it, Kip. 
Don't forget your coat. It's a cold night. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it's not too late for me to get to Mass, huh? on me. That was The Vercolicus, an 11th hour audio productions presentation created especially for World Audio Drama Day 2016. It was adapted for audio by Pete Lutz, from the story of the same name written by Robert C. Sanderson, originally published in the April 1932 issue of Weird Tales magazine. Our cast consisted of the following players. Diana De Hoyos as Kip Hollister, Pete Lutz as Jinx Centelli, Jason D. Johnson as Spike Romero, Nick Womack as Dink Malone, Peter M. Howard as Kyrie, Evie Elizondo as The Girl, Nick Womack as Father Mitros, Peter M. Howard as the editor, Jason D. Johnson as Angelo Spiridon, Dana Gonsalves as Ritzy, Bill Holweg as the gangster, Evie Alizondo as Pepita, Shannon Blado as Mrs. Dago Joe, John Valadez as Dago Joe and as Mick, George Hetfield as the driver, with Katie Lofton and Alex Moore as the copy boys. Alex Moore as Mrs. Curie and as Mrs. Spiridon. And Pete Lutz as Kelsey. Additional voices provided by various cast members. Your announcer was Shannon Blado. Post-production mixing by Sibby Wheeland. Our program was recorded on location in Texas and the following cities, Corpus Christi, Garland, and Miles. We invite you to sample the other 11th Hour productions available today, and be sure to spend your day listening to as many audio dramas as possible. Happy World Audio Drama Day from all of us at the Southwest Division of 11th Hour Audio Productions. <laughs>